In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the True Life Podcast. We are here with Bobby Ann Cox, an attorney from the great state of New York. Allow me to get her to introduce herself. Sure, sure. Thanks for having me on, George. So um, my name is Bobby Ann Cox, and I'm an attorney here in New York. Um, I've been practicing law for almost 25 years now. And um, today I'm here to talk about uh, this lawsuit that I have brought against the governor of New York State, along with her Department of Health and the Commissioner of Health and the Health Planning Council here in New York State for a uh, regulation which is pretty scary. Um, It's called Isolation and Quarantine Procedures. And um, yeah, so I'm here today to talk about that. Very nice. It seems that we have entered some sort of dystopian nightmare ever since COVID kind of came this way. And I live in Hawaii and we have seen mandates and we have seen freedoms being taken away. I'm sure that things are similar, if not worse, in New York. All we've seen over here is newspaper clippings and stuff. So can you maybe fill us in on on what is this idea of a quarantine camp? Is this a law? Is it an agency Or, or what gives people the right to do this? And what is this we're talking about? Okay, yes, those are great questions. So um, what this is, is a regulation. And what that means is that it came through an agency. And in this case, it came through the Department of Health here in New York State. Um, So the way that separation of powers works on the federal level is the same way it works on the state level. Uh, You know, we have three branches of government. We've got the, the legislature, which is the lawmaking body. Then we've got the executive branch, which is the governor and then her agencies under her. And then we have the judicial branch, which is the courts and the judges. So everybody's got a job. Everybody's supposed to do what they're supposed to do to keep the society functioning. And in this case, um, the Department of Health uh, with the governor, so the executive branch, 
um, went out of their lane. They crossed over into the legislative lane, which is the lawmaking body. And they made, it's a regulation because that's what agencies do is they issue regulations, but they're just calling it a regulation. In reality, it's, it's a law. Um, and the reason I say that is because agencies, when they make a regulation, are supposed to have direction. They have to be empowered to make that regulation, right? Which makes sense. I mean, yeah. we can't have agencies which are, you know, unelected people that are in agencies, the commissioners that head up agencies and stuff. They're not elected by the people. Those are appointed officials. So we can't have appointed officials just making up whatever kind of regulations they want. They have to have a directive from the New York State Legislature that says, hey, we just passed a law and this is what the law is about. Now you as the agency, go make some regulations and, and help us enforce this law, right? So the agencies are supposed to help supplement what the legislature is doing. And in this case, they, they just went out on their own. They, there's no law that authorizes or directs the Department of Health to issue this regulation, which is forced isolation and quarantine of New Yorkers. So they're completely out of their realm. I wanna give you just a little bit of a general overview of the regulation and what it says. Oh, please. Okay. So the regulation is called Isolation and Quarantine Procedures, and it's found at 10 NYCRR 2.13. And um, it is really incredible how much power they gave themselves in this regulation. The reg says that the Department of Health can pick and choose who they want to force to quarantine. So they can pick you if they just think that you might have a communicable disease. They do not have to prove that you have a communicable disease. They just have to think, well, maybe you were exposed, okay? And then it allows them to either force you to stay in your home or they can take you out of your home and force you to go to a facility, whatever you want to call it, a detention center, a facility, a camp, it's right. all the same thing, right? Right. So the other thing that's really fascinating is there's no time frame. There are no limits of time. So it just says they can force you to stay in your home or they pull you out, you throw, they throw you into a detention center because they think you might have a communicable disease and it doesn't say how long. So they could force you for hours, for days, for weeks, for months, for years. I mean, there's just no time limit on this. Um, and the other really scary thing is there's no age restriction. So mm. they can come and tell you personally, okay, here you need to stay in your house for X number of days or weeks or months, or they could take your child and, and throw your child into a detention center, or they could take your elderly parent or your elderly grandparent. There's no restriction on age. So this regulation is unbelievably broad and it gives them, it gives Department of Health power that the legislature never intended them to have. So it's a clear 
separation of powers argument. Um, and that's, that's exactly what we're arguing in our lawsuit. So we're suing the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, her commissioner of health, Dr. Mary Bassett, the Department of Health, and the Health Planning Council. And who I'm representing in this lawsuit is um, three New York state legislators. So one is um, Senator George Borrello. Then there's Assemblyman Andy, um, sorry, Assemblyman Chris Teague, Assemblyman Mike Lawler, and then um, a Uniting New York State, which is a citizens group mm -hmm. that has members throughout the state of New York. So I'm representing those four um, against the governor and the Department of Health. And um, then there is there's a group of New York State Assembly members who got together and filed an amicus brief uh, to support our case. And um, what that is, just for you know your viewers who aren't sure, an amicus brief is if you are not a party to a lawsuit, but you have an intense interest in the outcome of the lawsuit, you can file a brief with the court um, which basically supports one side or the other. You know, you're either supporting the plaintiff's argument or you're supporting the defendant's argument. Um, and in this case, they obviously, the, this, the lawmakers are supporting the plaintiffs. They're supporting our argument against the governor and the Department of Health. Um, and so what we see is the attorney general here in New York, that's who represents the governor and the Department of Health, um, they're opposing the amicus brief. They don't want it to be filed. They don't want the court to even be able to read it and consider it. So, um, yeah, so the the group of assembly members that filed the amicus brief, um, it was authored by Assemblyman Andy Goodell, and then um, Assemblyman Joe Giglio and Assemblyman Will Barkley are also part of the amicus brief. They had to file a formal motion with the judge and say, hey, can we please file this amicus brief? You know, here are all the reasons why we should be allowed to. Here's the case law that supports us. I mean, they had to do a formal motion to the court and the attorney general is opposing the motion. You know, have, the, have, that's crazy. That accord. It's amazing. Have you ever heard of an amicus brief not being allowed in the courtroom? Well, it's it's so rare that you see <laughs> an opposition to an amicus brief. I mean, it's it's rare. This is not something that happens every day. So, you know, the fact that they're the attorney general is fighting against it, it kind of kind of tells you <laughs> where yeah. this case is going, you know. And the first thing that they did before they opposed the amicus brief, the first thing that the attorney general's office did was they removed our case to federal court because we filed in New York state court, mm -hmm. right? Because this is a state issue. This is one branch of the state government going up against another branch of the state government, right? So we said, okay, we're filing in New York state court. And the attorney general's office said, oh no, this is this is a federal issue with federal law matters and you're you're claiming federal law violations. And I'm thinking to myself, are you reading the same lawsuit that I'm reading? Because I there's nothing about federal law in, in, in my lawsuit, right? So they remove it. And then so now we're in federal court. And I had to make a motion to the federal judge and say, hey, listen, 
uh, this is nothing to do with federal law. And, you know, we need to be put back in state court so that a state judge that knows state law can rule on this case. So um, a colleague of mine, an attorney based in um, in Albany, he helped me out with, with um, getting the case back to state court. And, and we did, we had to do motions, we had to um, do an oral argument in front of the federal court judge. And ultimately he did rule in our favor and he sent the case back to state court. Um, so now we're back in state court, but, um, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a stall tactic. It was yeah. a delay method that they could, they could throw a wrench in, in the case. They could, you know, break our rhythm, you know, they just wanted mm -hmm. to waste time and waste our energy and our resources. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, it was really, in my opinion, inappropriate for them mm -hmm. to do. And then now they're opposing the amicus brief that is being filed in our favor. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's interesting how <laughs> the general is, is handling this case. Yeah, it's interesting with some sinister undertones. It's clearly, I think they clearly understand the ramifications of once the word gets out, you know, it probably is covering up even more potential corruption and what, you know what, what I don't understand is how would they enforce if they have this authority to take you or your child or move you, like how would they go about enforcing that? Right. So the regulation that they, that we're challenging, the regulation that they wrote um, actually gives them the power to use local law enforcement. Wow. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. It is crazy. So they could technically get like, you know, the sheriff or the local police and tell them, okay, we want to take, you know, John Smith and we want to bring him to this detention center. Uh, you know, so make sure you go get him, make sure he does it. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, they don't have the power to do that. Mm. Their regulation not only violates separation of powers because mm. it's technically a law, mm -hmm. uh, but it also violates existing New York state law. So there are laws on the books here in New York that have been laws for years. And this regulation is completely conflicting with these laws. So I'll give you an example, since we're talking about yeah. the fact that they're able to use police. Um, so there is a section of the public health law, which is a statute that was passed by the New York State Legislature. It's been there for years. Um, Section 2120 of the public health law does lay out certain steps that would have to be taken before you can force somebody to quarantine and like, you know, remove them from society because they're a health threat, right? Very specific steps have to be taken before you can do that. Step number one is you have to prove the person has a communicable disease. Like you have to say, you can't just say like, oh, we think maybe you might yeah. be sick, you know, or you might have some <laughs> symptoms. You have to prove, hey, this person is sick, right? The, another step you have to, according to the, the law, another step you have to take is you have to have an investigation done, right? You have to have a hearing in front of a magistrate, which is like a, a judge. And then you, if, if after a hearing, the magistrate thinks like, okay, yeah, this person is sick and 
they're reckless. Like they're, they're not, you know, they are a threat to public health. Like they're not being, they're not taking precautions. They're not being considerate of other people, whatever. Then they could issue an order that says, okay, sorry, you know, you have to go quarantine, whatever. But look at all the steps that have to be taken before you get to that point. And what this regulation does is conflicts with that law and it throws everything out. It just says, oh, well, we just think you might have been exposed and, you know, we're going to just we're going to force you to stay in your house or we're going to throw you into a constant a, a, a COVID. <laughs> it's, not just, it's not just COVID. That, right. That's the other thing. There's a whole list of mm. communicable diseases that they say they could use this for. So they could throw you into a, that's why I just call them like a quarantine facility, a detention facility, you know, whatever, because it's not just about COVID, right? But this, you can't make a regulation that conflicts with existing law, because if you were allowed to do that, what does that then do to the legislative, like to the lawmaking branch in our government? It makes it useless. Yeah. Right. If you can just have agencies which are unelected bureaucrats appointed in their positions, if you can just have them write regs that overrule laws, well, now you have one branch of government that's overpowering another branch of government. And then the legislature, what's the point of the legislature then? Now it's now it's useless because any law that they pass could just be overruled mm-hmm. or or overpowered by the executive branch just writing a regulation because they feel like it right it's so it's it's tyranny it's tyranny it's so dangerous once that floodgate is opened there's no stopping them right they'll they'll just make regulation after regulation after they'll just go crazy with it why would they ever stop if, if you don't stop them now, then they can just keep going. So that's why this lawsuit is so important. It's, it's, it's keeping the floodgates from opening and from the executive branch just going crazy, overpowering the legislative branch. So that's why we had to go to the judicial branch, right? We had to say, okay, guys, checks and balances, we need you to step in and we need you to tell the executive branch, okay, nope, sorry, you guys overstepped. You can't do that. That's not, that's not in your job description, so to speak. Um, so, so we're, we're hopeful that the mm-hmm. court is going to rule in our favor um, on this matter, but yeah, this is, this is no joke. I mean, this is tyranny <laughs> at its best, right? Um and, and like you said in the beginning, once it starts in one state, the other states are going to do it too, because yeah. they're going to look at New York and say, wait a minute, New York is allowed to force their citizens into, you know, quarantine facilities, or they're allowed to lock them up in their own houses for weeks on end, just because yeah. they think maybe they might be sick. You know, why can't we do that? You know, it starts in New York and then it'll just spread across the country and then now we're in big trouble now because yeah. now there's nowhere to run right now there's no other state that you can move to 
to get away from an overreaching executive branch. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it seems it seems like a symptom that has a symptom of the sickness that has plagued us. If you look at, I remember a few months ago, Joe Biden forced the mandates into court, even though it was unconstitutional. He wanted companies to ma to vaccinate all their people. And it seems to me this idea of granting emergency power to legislative branches is the sickness. You know, if, if the legislative branch can use emergency powers to override everything, you're right. Then what is the point of a legislative branch? What is the point of having the government we have if you just all you need is a dictator? And it seems to me that in New York, California, and even in Hawaii, and I'm sure some other states, the the purpose of keeping the COVID hysteria so high is that so they can still claim emergency powers, which allows them to have all this. Do you think in New York that it's a failure of the legislative branch to stop this, or it's just an overreach of the executive branch? Well, yeah, so good point there. It, it's that the definitely the executive branch is overreaching. That's right. without a question, right? But the legislature could pass a law that counters the yeah. regulation, right? Yeah. So they could get together and say, okay, the executive branch overstepped. Yeah. Now we're going to pass a law that specifically says you can't force New Yorkers to quarantine, right? Yeah. The Department of Health, the governor cannot make a regulation or no New Yorker shall be forced to isolate or quarantine, blah, blah, blah. You know, they could make a law like that. The problem is that in New York state, we have a supermajority mm. of democratic rule in our legislature and, and in the governor's mansion. Right. So she's, mm. she's Democrat. and they don't like to go against each other. You know, they like to stick together and they like to not publicly speak out against each other. Mm. So even if the other party, if the Republicans got together and tried to make such a law, I'm not sure if it would pass. I, you know, I don't know if any Democrats would break from the Democratic Party and and side with the Republicans to pass the law. I don't know if that would happen. I would hope it would. Yeah. <laughs> because this is not this is not an issue of politics. This is an issue of freedom of the constitution being upheld um and of your rights as not just as a new yorker because the new york constitution is very similar to the federal constitution so you know you have federal rights that are enshrined in the constitution and and our new york state constitution is very similar to that so it's really a, a national issue um and to the point that you brought up about the Biden administration yeah. trying this, that's also covered in our lawsuit. I mean, okay. the, yeah, the Biden administration, you're a hundred percent right. They're the executive branch on the federal level. Right. And then Congress is the legislative branch on the federal level. And when we saw the Biden administration tell OSHA yeah. to make that regulation, okay right? Because OSHA is an agency yep. Yep. underneath the executive branch. Mm -hmm. And 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 OSHA said, oh, okay, great. So every company in the United States that has 100 or more employees 
has to require your employees to get the COVID-19 shot or wear a mask to work or, you know, whatever the other circumstances were. And they were sued over it, right? They got sued, the Biden administration and OSHA, they got sued. The case went all the way up to the United States Supreme Court. And in January of this year, the United States Supreme Court ruled that that was unconstitutional. They said, you're an agency, OSHA, you are not Congress. You did not get direction from Congress to make this regulation. Congress did not pass a law and appoint this authority to you. So you overstepped. You went You went from the executive branch, you crossed over into the legislative branch, and now we're striking it down because it's unconstitutional. You didn't have the power. That's it, right? So the United States Supreme Court struck it down. And this is a very similar situation that we have here in New York. And it's a very similar argument that we've made that executive branch doesn't have the power that, you know, the legislature here in New York did not write a statute appointing a power to the Department of Health to make a regulation forcing New Yorkers to quarantine. That never happened. So this is just executive branch overreach which is what the United States Supreme Court said that that OSHA case was. Yeah, I thought I, I may have misheard this, but I thought maybe I heard you speak about um, there being ads in the paper for, for people working at facilities or something like that. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yes, so um, I have seen online ads from New York State looking to hire Uh, counselors and social workers to work at the quarantine facilities. Hmm. So why would you hire, let's, let's examine that a little bit. Why are you looking to hire people that deal with psychological issues, right? Why are you looking to hire counselors and social workers, right? Those are people that help you when you're going through a difficult emotional time or something. Why don't you just hire, you know, agents, people? Why don't you hire people to work at your quarantine facility? If you know, you know you're going to inflict psychological and emotional damage on these people that you're forcing to go to a quarantine facility, you're hiring experts, to help them psychologically deal with this. I mean, you know, do you see how backwards this is? Like they know that they're gonna be hurting people, but they're doing it anyway. And they're claiming it's all in the name of keeping you safe. You know, we're just trying to keep New Yorkers safe. We're just trying to stop the spread of these horrific communicable diseases. You know, and I'm just thinking, this, you know, people have to wake up. Yes, everybody wants to be safe. Of course, everybody wants to be safe. Right. But that's why if you're sick, you stay home. (laughs) You know, that's why if you're sick, you take precautions to Mm -hmm. not get the other people in your household sick. Right? Yeah. It's so incredible that we've gotten to the point where, where the government thinks that they not only know best, but they have the power to force the citizens to follow them. And and they're, I mean, they're 
rules, edicts, you know, I don't even know what you want to call them. <laughs> you know, we can come up with a few descriptive nouns, I'm sure, but absolutely. You know, it's it's unbelievable. And and to the people that want to say, oh, but you know, we, this is we have to do this. We have to be safe. We already have in New York a law, which I went through a few minutes mm -hmm. ago, a law that says here, if there is somebody who's a threat to the public health, here's what you have to do to make sure that they stop, you know, being a threat. And, and there's a lot of steps that, that have to be, go, which as there should be, as there should be before you can take away someone's freedom, right? Yeah. So if they really, if the Department of Health and the governor in New York really wanted to protect people and keep them safe, why don't they just use the law that's already on the books, right? Just, just start enforcing that law. Yeah. No, it's because then they wouldn't be able to yank people out of their homes or force them to stay in their homes, right? It's it's unbelievable. And, you know, this all started actually under our prior governor. So mm -hmm. it was Governor Andrew Cuomo. Um, he was governor in New York in March of 2020 when the coronavirus started here. And, and you know, the legislature was scared. I mean, the sure. press was scaring everybody, right? We, mm -hmm. Oh, we don't know what this is. This is crazy. This is killing people. You know, millions of people are going to die. You know, they were they were really going wild with it in the mm -hmm. press. So the New York State Legislature altered Executive Law Section 29A, and they altered it to say that Governor Cuomo could issue directives. Now, directives, mandates, right. laws, all the same thing, right? right? So they actually gave that governor the power to make law, which was unbelievable that they did that in the first place. I'm not even going to talk about the fact that I think it's completely unconstitutional that they did that anyway. The executive branch is not supposed to be able to hand over lawmaking power to another branch. But mm -hmm. whatever, let's just go with it for the for the time being. And so Cuomo took that power that he got from the legislature and he immediately gave it to his department heads. So he said to the, basically to the commissioner of health, okay, I'm now giving you this power, do what you need to stop this, this, uh, the spread of this virus. And that's when they drafted this regulation was back in March of 2020. So it was under emergency powers that they did that, but, those emergency powers were taken away from the governor a year later. So in March of 2021, the legislature convened again and they changed section 29A of the executive law back to how it was before. So they took away his power to make law, issue directives, right? So why wouldn't that have extinguished the power that he then passed on to the agencies, right? Yeah. If Cuomo lost his special power, obviously the agency then lost their special power. But even further in my argument, in June of 2021, Cuomo said, okay, there's no more emergency. There's no more coronavirus emergency in New York state. It's over, it's done. And he with he he issued an executive order which basically canceled 
his prior executive order that gave <laughs> right so now there's no question at all right you no longer have power department of health because the governor just took it away from <laughs> you in writing like it's gone right so that was march of 2021 here comes the new governor in august of 2021 she didn't get that special power from the legislature she didn't have the power to pass it on to her department of health but yet her department of health takes the same exact regulation same exact language word for word and starts issuing it again so it's like oh wait a minute but that was given that special power was given to the the governor before you 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 don't have that same power and neither does your department of health but they don't care they just they just keep every month they keep repromulgating the regulation because they're doing it as an emergency regulation but they're also trying to make it permanent so that there doesn't have to be an emergency they can just whenever they want tell new yorkers you have to stay in your home or you have to come with us to a quarantine facility or whatever so it's really it's so clear that they have no power to do this and yet they're still doing it. And the shocker is I filed a lawsuit and they're fighting back, right? They're, they didn't even say, oh, yeah, you know what? Sorry, we overstepped our bounds. We'll withdraw the regulation. It's, it's unconstitutional. We don't have this power. No, they're fighting. They're fighting tooth and nail. Yeah. It makes me like, you know, I had a couple of thoughts in there. I was thinking to myself, why wouldn't they fight? Like if they have, they've clearly built infrastructure to make this thing happen. And if we look back at history, history will tell us that power is never given up, it's seized. So regardless of they were given it or not, they believe that they have it. And if they believe they have it and they can convince other people that they do have it, if they can convince people of legitimacy, and just the fact that they're there, they've already kind of produced that legitimacy. You know, they have this government label. They have had government endorsements. And it seems to me, while there are people on your side in the government helping you, there's not enough. Like they should all, it should be right or wrong versus right and left. And it seems to me that the Department of Health, be it in New York, be it in the US, Hawaii, or Washington, they have taken the same stance in that we are now the people who will dictate to you what is safe and what is not, which is a huge overreach like that. I, I, I don't see them stopping. I, it seems to me like they also have the money behind them. If Let's just say hypothetically that they were working with the pharmaceutical companies. I don't know if that's true or not, but let's just say that they were. That's a pretty big pool of money to, to do research or studies and give to campaigns. And you, know, you can almost see, there's a great book called um, Connectography by Dr. Parag Khanna. And in that book, he talks about transforming governments into city-states. And you could argue that what you're seeing done in New York with emergency powers is its own little country, its own little dictatorship with the governor being on top, appointing his people, and moving forward through public-private partnerships where they just give power to these people to do it. And there's, there's, no, there's no sort of anyone being held accountable for these actions, regardless of the people. The people be damned. You're going to do what we say. And I'm just curious if we just take off our, if we put on our, our, you know, looking back at history and seeing what could be in the future, 
What do you think of this? Do you think what's happening with COVID and this particular lawsuit have the ability to transform government forever in your state? I, I do. I think that this lawsuit is monumental because if we don't get this regulation struck down by the court, there is no other way to stop the executive branch from continuing to issue regulations like this. You know, this is the groundwork is being laid for what's going on in China, yeah. what's going on in Australia. You know, I mean, you see videos and photographs of, you know, just, I, I don't know, their, their facilities, they're like, yeah boxcar trailer type facilities, one after the other after the other, all lined up. And they're holding their citizens in there, you know, in the, in the name of COVID, in the name of health and safety. It's unconscionable what they are doing in those other countries. And now we have New York laying the groundwork for it. Yeah. They are, this regulation, if it stands, if it's if it's permitted to stay, this regulation will give them the power to literally pick and choose who they want to throw into these camps, detention centers, facilities, whatever you want to call them, right? And they don't even have to prove that you're sick. They don't even have to prove that you're harboring a communicable disease that's dangerous to other people. No, they can just, it's unbridled power that if they're allowed, if this regulation is allowed to stand, there is no stopping them. They will they will just keep issuing regulations that blow your mind and and ignore the constitution, ignore separation of powers, and just keep giving themselves more and more and more power. Yeah, it'll become a dictatorship. So many people have left New York since March of 2020. So many people have left New York because the restrictions here were so heavy and and a lot of after like a year you know now we're two something years into the thing you know after a year people were like well, you know get a grip new york like this is i'm looking around at other states and the nation yeah. and like they don't even talk about covid anymore right and yeah. here's new york masking up everybody you know, the kids in school had to wear masks up until yeah. like a month or two ago because the governor said so, also completely illegal. She doesn't have the power to, to do that either. Um, and there are several lawsuits going on right now in New York on the mask mandate issue against the governor. Um, but this is the only one against her on the quarantine uh, facilities. This is, my lawsuit's the only one out there right now. It's the only one in the nation because New York is... <laughs> unfortunately, leading the pack um, with the insanity. And so, yeah, it's so important that we that we shoot down this regulation. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that they would even propose it, let alone it be allowed to stand. There was a, this is actually, you're gonna love this. There was a New York State Assembly member um, he was a Democrat from um, Brooklyn, New York City, and he drafted a proposed law that was very similar to this regulation. 
And this was back in 2015 that he first mm. introduced it. Okay. And he kept reintroducing it time and again, time and again, year after year. It was, it was always there being introduced, not one other New York state legislator would touch it. So he, he kept reintroducing it. He was the only one, if you combine all the members of the New York state legislature. So we have the New York state Senate, and then we have the New York state assembly. And if you combine those two numbers, we have over 200 New York state lawmakers, right? One out of 200 and something wanted that forced isolation and quarantine to become a law, right? He got so much backlash that that assemblyman, he got so much backlash about it in 2021. He actually ended up withdrawing the leg the proposed legislation in December of 2021. That's how that's how much backlash he got from the people of New York, right? So what do we have now? We have a regulation yeah. that was pushed through the Department yeah. of Health, yeah. which is basically the same as that proposed law that had no support, <laughs> that no legislators wanted to touch. It was never voted on. It was it never even made it out of committee, right? Yeah. And so here we have, well, now we have the governors, it doesn't matter because now we're just going to make it a regulation. We're going to make it a permanent regulation so we can do this whenever we want. But it's like, but New Yorkers don't want it. And not only did New Yorkers not want it, the legislator who is, you know, the voice of the, the people, that's who we elect are the legislators. They don't want it either. And it doesn't matter because the Department of Health and the governor made it a regulation. And in February, back in February, before I filed my lawsuit, um, there were 30 or 40 members of the New York State Assembly who wrote a letter to the governor and the commissioner of health. And they said, you do not have the power to do this. This They wrote it about a few different regulations and this quarantine camp regulation was one of them, but they specifically said in their letter, no, you don't have the power to do this. Uh, you know, separation of powers, stay in your lane, back off. You know, she didn't listen. They, they, they're just, they keep going anyway. So I, unfortunately the, you know, we tried the, the other way, right? right. We tried to do public comment. We tried to write emails and make phone calls and send letters and, you know, we tried that. The, the, a lot. There are a lot of um, citizen groups in New York yeah. City that have popped up over the last couple of years. Um, and uniting New York State, which is the one that's on the lawsuit, um, you know, I know for a fact they were writing, emailing, calling. You know, they were opposing this. She didn't listen. The Department of Health didn't listen. So, okay, now we have to go to court. You know, now we have to sue you. And we have to have a judge say, sorry, you can't, you know, you can't do this. It's it's beyond your scope of power. Get back in your lane. So that's what we're hoping for. That that's why I took up this lawsuit. I'm I'm doing this lawsuit completely pro bono. I'm not getting no one's paying me to do it. Um, you know, I'm volunteering my time on this, um, which has now, you know, sucked up all of my time. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, but it's because it's so important. It, it, it's I don't know that there's a more important 
fight to be had right now than trying to get the court to strike down this regulation um, because it'll spread. It'll spread. It'll lead to more regulations like this in New York, but it'll spread to other states. And then and then it's going to spread to other countries. You know, a lot of countries look to the United States. Well, what's the U.S. doing? Oh, oh, if it's OK, the U.S. is locking up their citizens with no due process, yeah. you know, without hearings or proof of, of, you know, having a disease. Oh, why can't we do it? The U.S. is doing it. You know, it's it's unbelievable. But that's what happens. People, you know, in other states will follow suit. People in other countries will follow the U.S. I think what we're seeing here is a true lesson in power. The people be damned. Oh, you didn't want it? Too bad. We're going to push it through this way. And you're, you taking this on pro bono is, is phenomenal. Thank you for doing that. And everybody, please, I'm going to put her links in the show notes. Please go read what she has to say. If you can donate, please donate. Reach out or or ask if she can do anything. And we all need your help to make this better so that it doesn't get worse for all of us. And I, I'm truly thankful for what you're doing. And I, I, I really think it is something that is not only beginning to spread, but has already begun to spread. It's in different states. It's happening around it. You seem to be at the foreground of it. And what happens there is probably going to happen everywhere else. And so, you know, I, I, I wish there was more we could do. I think we could spread as much attention as we can. And you know, maybe there's a book in there, Bobby. And it seems to me that you are on the on the <laughs> ground of seeing what's happening. And sometimes a book is a great way to get it out. I, I bet you could have a chapter on legislative alone and, and precedents with the Supreme Court. And, you know, at least then maybe you could get it into Barnes and Nobles or, or you could do book signing and maybe raise money for it or something like that. But you were a very articulate and passionate person that gets the message out. That might be something to look forward to. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I, um, I think the biggest, cause we do get a lot of requests of, you know, how can I help? How can yeah. I get involved? Um, the two biggest things, one is help us spread the word. Um, you know, this is really the, the mainstream media is not covering this. Of course they're not covering this. Right. So right. there's no big attention being paid to this. So every little bit helps people that see your podcast, Take the video clip, copy the link, and just blast it out all over the place. Send it to all your con email contacts. Even it doesn't matter. Like I said, it doesn't matter if they're left wing or right yeah. wing or if they're down the center. This is not a partisan issue. Yeah. This is a fight for our very freedoms, right? Take the link, post it on your social media. Pass it around. We have actually um, a web page specifically designed for the lawsuit. So your viewers can definitely access that web page. It's at unitingnys.com slash lawsuit and spread it around. Just take the link, pass it around, talk about it when you go to a dinner party or you're having friends over or talk about it, pass the, the website link around, pass your podcast link around. Anything people can do, if people know someone in the media, you have a radio show or you're a TV newscaster or you're a newspaper article writer or you're a blogger, send them our way. I'm happy to do interview after interview to get this out there on as many platforms as we can, because we, the more people that know about it, the more chance we have of defeating this. 
people, we cannot let democracy die in darkness. It, it's, we need to spread the word far and wide. Um, and then the other thing is, yeah, I mean, if people are in a position that they could donate to the lawsuit legal fund, that would be great. That would be so great. Um, so, you know, any anybody that's helping me out is also volunteering their time. Um, so that would be so awesome. And I'll give you the information, but there's um, a donation link um, on the lawsuit page. Um, or people can go to my website, which is coxlawyers.com. And there's a donate link there, too. But um, yeah, spreading the word is so, it's so key. We just need people to know what's going on and to speak up, speak mm -hmm. up about it, write an email to your New York state legislator or whatever state you're in, you know, and raise awareness. Say, hey, did you know about this regulation that's going on in New York? Did you know about that there's a lawsuit and people are fighting back? If people know about it, it's going to get, it's going to cause a buzz and, and we need to cause that buzz so that this is, you know, they're passing this through, you know, in the middle of the night when, when everybody's sleeping, they're going around the back door, they're usurping the power of the legislature. We can't, we can't let it go. We you have know, to the word. Yeah. If, if we were going to red team this, Bobby, could you think of like, what, if we were red teaming it and we were just like, okay, we want to get this in, like, what would, why would we want to do this? Would there be any benefits? Like, Maybe could it be a way to get people? I remember back in the '80s, they had all these mental institutes or whatever, and maybe this is a some sort of sinister way to get homelessness off the streets. Or could there be something else we're missing that they're doing it for? Does that make sense? Not that we agree with it, but can you think of anything that they could be doing it for besides this? I I think I think it's about power. Yeah, I think it's about power because. I'm racking my brain as to why are they, if, if it's about health and safety, right? why are they not just using the laws they the have laws that are on the books already? Why are you using a regulation that was passed or that was promulgated under Andrew Cuomo in March of 2020 when he had special temporary powers that were given to him? Why are you using that one? when there are laws that are already on the books that you can you can use because they're there. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you can keep people safe. But they're not doing that. They created this whole other regulation which violates New York State existing laws and gives them power that you, you have to question, is this about health and safety? I don't think so. I think it's about control. I think it's about power. There is a bill proposed right now in the New York State Legislature. Um, it's Bill S-75A. And it, it would, if it passes, it would create a statewide database that would mm -hmm. require all the adults in New York State to have their vaccination information in that database. So people are saying, well, if you look at that, if that passes and becomes law, you look at that and then you combine it with this regulation wow. where they can pick and choose who they want to force to stay home or force into an isolation or yeah. detention center. And you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. What's what is going on? Wow. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's control that's just this the founding fathers never in a thousand million years would have said, oh yeah, this is this is what we foresee for this country. No, the whole they were running from tyranny, right? Yeah. That's the whole reason they founded this country was because they were sick and tired of the tyranny from the king in England. And they said, no, we're not be our voices aren't being heard, we're not being represented. The king doesn't listen. He do he does whatever he wants. We have to, you know, follow his edicts and whatever. They said we're done with this tyranny, wow. right? Here we are again, almost yeah. 250 years later. Here we are again facing tyranny, right? Because yeah. unelected bureaucrats want to throw you into a detention center because they think you might you might have been exposed. Yeah, you might have been exposed. Yeah, it's un, it's unbelievable. It, it's it shocks the conscience. And it really does. I mean, I hope everybody that hears this. I mean, I know I'm an attorney, so law and legal things, you know, stick with me a little bit more. Yeah. But I hope everyone that hears this says, what? This is crazy. What are they trying to do? I hope people are astonished and then outraged. I hope people say, no, I'm calling my senator i'm calling my assemblyman i'm calling my governor i hope people pick up the phone and make those phone calls send those emails write those letters and say nope sorry this is crazy we cannot be doing this this is unconstitutional it's un-american we we need people to get involved absolutely this is this is all hands on deck at this point in time yeah well i'm i want to be mindful of your time and I want to say thank you too for coming on and talking to us and getting the word out and we're going to do all we can here and um yeah keep us posted if you never need to come on and, and get the word out or something happens in the case we'll be following along as well and you're more than welcome to come back and if you find yourself in hawaii I'll buy a cup of coffee and we'll figure <sighs> some things out so great thank you so much for having me on george this was so great I'm, I'm so happy you're helping to spread the word and um yeah thank you for everything you're doing yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time today. And everybody, the show notes will be down there and, and reach out and do your own research. And um, let's try to make this world a better place. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that... I would just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, 
it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.